All right, you're listening to the all-new Hair Radio Morning Show. I'm Carrie Hines, and I have to say, it uh, I don't know any better way to say I'm so excited to have our very, very special guest joining us right now. She's a longtime friend and literally family member uh, to the Hair Radio Morning Show. We're talking about the one and only Cheryl Morrow. Cheryl, good morning, and welcome back to the Hair Radio Morning Show. How are you? I am doing great. It is, it's good to have you with us, first of all. And so um, I kind of want to jump right on in. I want to take a moment. We have got to talk about this. It is, uh, first, I want to extend our condolences, and mm-hmm. on behalf of everybody here at the Hair Radio Morning Show, um, on the passing of uh, Dr. Willie Morrow, your dad, uh, an incredible hair industry pioneer. Uh, you know, I, I cannot say anymore because it is just an incredible legacy that I want to talk to you a little bit about and get any feeling or any sentiment that you want to share. Um, we have just uh, been, you know, just uh, – literally talking about this since this uh, happened. And even before that, we've always taken time to recognize this, uh, the Morrow dynasty, I call it, and its contribution to uh, black hair. So, Cheryl, I thank you so much for taking time to join us. And we got a lot to get into, including yes, some big news right now. So, Cheryl, there you go. So I'm going to let you take it away. I just want to say thank you so much again for taking the time to chat with us. Well, the the the, the hair, hair care, black hair care radio uh, has been very dear to me and my family, and I just want to thank you guys for all your love and concern. Uh, before we get into, just want to say thank you for all your support, Terry. You've been wonderful. Oh well, back at you. Uh, and it is a family, and that's what when uh, we go through our tough times and we share and talk it out and. And um, and I want to say, because there's so many folks who listen to us, who are part of our whole network and otherwise, who love you, <laughs> you know, I can't say it enough. I really, and people you don't even know. I know you don't know them. And they just, they know, they speak of Cheryl like they know you so well because they've listened to you time and time again throughout the Hair Radio Morning Show. So, I just have to say all of that because they would, they're going to, you know, trust me, they're going to be listening uh, uh, attentively to everything that we have to say, of course, today. So um, I've got to say now, Cheryl, listen, I want to go back a little bit because, um, and I saw you everywhere, Cheryl. I really did. I was like, oh, I know her. Oh, that's my Cheryl Morrow. <laughs> I really, I really did, Cheryl. I said, I have literally just fanned out over my dear friend <laughs> who I have known for so very long. And uh, a lot of the things now, I knew a little bit about Dr. Morrow, of course, but I had no idea all of that. And the the news media what for me, and you may have, you, of course you will have, you know, your sentiment about it, but I've got to tell you, Cheryl, I felt honestly for the first time that the news media paid um, adequate tribute. Um, and that's just far as I'm, you know, concerned, because over here in New York, remember, I'm on New York television. So seeing yeah. it on local news, 
and having them tell the story of Dr. Morrow. And I watched every single time it came on, whatever they did, as soon as I, I was there. And, um, and I loved it. And I couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> so I just had to I had to express that to you, if that makes any sense whatsoever to you, you know, hearing it. But I just had to let you know that that's exactly how I felt. I was so proud. So proud. So that's my feeling. Okay, yes. so there you go. Now that right. got that so, out the way, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. Listen, I have to talk to you about some big news now. Okay, and this is uh, this is really kind of I I've never weighed in publicly like this on the topic, uh, you know, on chemical hair straighteners. Uh, I I understand all the different aspects and the big spectrum of hair care, so I've been, always been very careful, so to speak, on on expressing viewpoints to a certain degree. I don't mind our guests, of course. They come on and sit everything under the sun. But um, yeah. but when it came to the study that, uh, and I saw the local speaking of the news, um, you know, I watched these, the media very carefully, and I've not seen where major news outlets and broadcast news and broadcast TV uh, have revealed this whole thing about, uh, you know, the this linkage that they are talking about with regards to uterine cancer and the higher risk for black women and minority women and so forth. So uh, women of color, I should say. So I have to say this to me was huge. And it's not something that we could not not pay attention to. You know, we're the hair radio morning show. We should be the very first to be all over it, literally. Wherever we stand and whatever we believe or not believe, it, it's my responsibility to talk about it. Otherwise, what, uh, <laughs> we might as well hang it up at the hair radio show. So um, I just wanted to get everybody's perspective. And, we're, you know, unless you've been under a rock in the last uh, 72 hours or so, at least at this time that we're putting this together, uh, you know, this has been huge. So I want to kind of start there with this huge uh, news that they're, they're showing that there is a potential linkage between, and this is from their research, again, and um, NIH, uh, the National Institute of Health, and, and so many folks, um, and they've done all of this research and have literally said now without a doubt, and I shouldn't say without a doubt, that's my uh, paraphrasing, but uh, they've shown a direct linkage, uh, and they're saying that the black women are at higher risk. So how do you feel about this, and uh, what would you like to say about the show? Well, um, I have um, gone over back and forth in my mind about <clears throat> what my personal responsibility is uh, as Mr. Morrill's daughter. Uh, and the one who has been, um, you know, advantaged because of black hair care. I've had a really great, you know, childhood, and I had a, you know, really young adult life, and black hair care has afforded me um, an incredible uh, career in life. And so uh, 
my responsibility and legacy is to preserve that for other uh, young men and women and entrepreneurs who want to embark in this industry. And so studies like um, the recent one um, via a researcher from the National <clears throat> Institute you know, of Health, yeah. right? You know, it's it's especially in the um, um, the American media machine. It's very important to understand and to interpret what you're hearing. And I am personally taking it as an attack, only mm. because the way it's written. And I'm not mm. anti-racist, by the way. And one of the things that I'm concerned with, one, <clears throat> it's language. Two, it's inconclusive. Three, and if things are as uh, inconclusive as it is, as it is written, then I don't understand the breaking news and the the prime time it's giving. It you know it's getting, and um, I know that you know you have to follow the money in a capitalist society. And so right. critically, once you take a look at it, it is uh, sometimes you got to look at the timing of things. You got to take a look at what would be the motive. And I know that other uh, politicians also use the same tactic. And so, mm-hmm. but this is personal to me because what is, uh, as may as many may know, that I'm also a cosmetologist and of a barber and a, um, a a a teacher of professional PhDs in corporate uh, uh, beauty America. Okay, mm-hmm. and so and the founder of cosmetic trichology. So it's very important that to me that if things are like that are going to affect economic bottom lines, the professional rank of beauty, the salon world, salon economics, and uh, what the consumer believes to be true, that is very concerning to me because black hair care is a legacy. It is an industrial juggernaut. It is highly profitable. And so that concerns me. That is my main goal, is to bring black hair care and to make it futuristic. However, to also uh, um, bring about the a new wave of innovation, uh, hair texture uh, enhancement. But what I will not allow is for junk research and fake news to wither away the stronghold that has been created over 100 years ago. And that is what mm-hmm. my concern. Okay. Well, Cheryl, wow. All right. Uh, let's kind of take a closer look at all of this. Uh, you know, and, and I'm going to say for me, I've heard these, these you know, this kind of thing for years, just uh, to be quite frank. Uh, it, you know, I, I heard about it for a long time. And many of you guys out there have heard the same. You've heard little mummeries and little, you know, people talking in different pockets. 
Uh, uh-huh. But I've never seen how it uh, had ever bubbled up to this degree. Now, going along with what you just said, okay, I, I hear you 100%. Um, and this has great, great, uh, you know, can have a great impact on folks. Uh, and, and we're talking about financially and otherwise. Um, and, and so I do want to talk a little bit more about that because that's a very good point. But uh, what about those who are, you know, using chemical uh, straightening, uh, straightener products? Uh, so, you know, some of the, you know, the hairstylists who are using these things, and how do you feel? Uh, so let's, let's kind of break that apart. Now, you said uh, you might, and I'm paraphrasing here, but you might, that this sounds like it's, um, you know, uh, kind of could be fake news or kind of, you know, there's much more. I'm going to say I'm thinking that there's much more to it in your words. So what, uh, and what you might feel, so what would you like to, how can we further define this? Mm-hmm. Is it, uh, so you don't feel that this is, uh, you know, uh, or the way that it's being spun, because I did read it carefully as well, and I was a little bit, uh, the way that I saw when it, they talked about the 3%, and uh, the greater community and stuff. So I, it sounded I had to take a little bit of a leap. I'm going to be honest. And so I get a little bit of what you're saying. I really do because, uh, you know, uh, I did. I, I understand. I kind of can feel. I understand how you feel, I believe, on this. Um, so so what do you tell folks? Because now folks are calling you. I know this is not your first call from me, Cheryl Morrow. <laughs> So I know people are asking what, how to, how to, you know, make this make sense to them, because you have some yeah. women who, uh, and this is what they live by. So what do you say? Well, you have to remember that. Let's just go back to about 1982, when mm. uh, my father, Dr. Morrow, uh, Willie Morrow, uh, challenged the state board of California, mm. and because when you come from a chemical background that most cosmetology board officials elected or not, or, or appointed, they are not coming from a cosmetology perspective. Now, they may have a cosmetology background, but that right. does not serve as an expert on how chemical treatments interact with skin and hair. It's very important. Exactly. And to also understand once these things are formulated, how do mm. what is the nature of how they behave on a surface, right? Yes. And Dr. Morrow made it his uh uh made a trip up to Sacramento, okay? Uh California. Mm-hmm. And to have meeting with them and a group of um, cosmetologists to correct the um, uh, the misinformation, to correct some wow. of the questions on the cosmetology test, to get into the curriculum of a more scientific sound perspective on Afro textures, okay? 
in a real sound logical, chemical logical um, framework for how chemicals actually act and not through a guesstimation based on how European chemicals work on European straight hair. It's a difference. So in other words, chemical relaxers are alkaline in base, which means that they are on the high end of the pH scale after six, after seven. Wow. And because they have uh, relaxer technology behaving like acid um, product, base products such as thiol or permanent waving, okay? Mm -hmm. Mix up those two uh, sciences or, or chemical actions, you're teaching cosmetologists wrong when it comes to relaxing. And the basis of the cosmetology boards and state boards across the United States, they have not corrected this. And so the basis of how they behave, people are assuming that these things behave like penetrators, like thiol and hair color, okay, and bleach. And so once you keep getting that, those two education uh, principles wrong, well, then it festers, and then everybody thinks that these things behave like that. So when research health professionals in research firms across this country and across the, uh, the world, they go into their research with already wrong and ignorant premise, wrong premises. And those things must be corrected, okay? Because the FDA has relaxers in a category called depilatories. Those depilatories melt. Depilatories dissolve. They don't penetrate. Right. They kind of pull out or remove. So the point yeah. is, in, at that particular juncture, there is a gross and an industry and a policy malfeasance that you have to correct it so you can educate the professionals who are operating and practicing within the industry. But when you don't have that corrected, then researchers are not even starting correct. They're well, see, that's exactly what I was about. Yeah, I was about to say, where does, because obviously they didn't have anybody like you in the room. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Uh, because um, I doubt very seriously that they were probably even, um, you know, looking at it from this perspective, to be quite honest. And so you're saying oh, the yeah. starting point was not a good place to start. Well, here's the other thing. In, in my many years of experience as serving, um, clients would uh, hire me to be their expert witness in, in beauty exactly. and black hair and chemical litigation. Yeah. The key here is when, you, when does the consumer's responsibility and the professional responsibility, where is that line of demarcation? When does one, when does the, the professional industry become responsible and then the consumer becomes responsible? Especially when the mm -hmm. same substance is sold on the commercial market. You don't yeah. need a professional to purchase the same formulation, the same substance, the same product 
So where does one become responsible for application and then the other consumer doesn't? And so there are wow. some, some, some consumer issues and some professional issues. And these things don't get talked about because cosmetologists are not educated. They're scholar. It's not appropriate or not conducive, shall I say, to, to defend themselves and to defend their, their, their profession and to defend their industry. And so that's why I am taking it, especially when it becomes random attorneys like Benjamin Crump, who is now involved uh, a lawsuit on behalf of a consumer. See, that's where you start because the professional and the consumer has the same amount of contact with the same amount of potency, the same chemical, the same treatment, the same cosmetic. And so when you don't have those things um, talked about and, and you don't have that kind of information in, in, the, in the industry itself and professionals who are trying to make a living, and the trends of these particular services are still prominent within the, uh, the salon. So, you know, my goal is to protect that and to protect the legacy of black hair care ownership and, and, and control and influence. But I want to, but I'm not anti-research enough to say that we don't need to make any of these uh, cosmetic treatments safer. What I am saying is, is that I don't want random research that, that I know is based and is from a premise that is false because it has never been corrected. I, I think that's what I'm saying. Wow. Well, listen, you have, uh, well, it looks like you have uh, definitely uh, set a mouthful there, Cheryl, on this. This is uh, really huge to me. Uh, first, uh, let me just respond to this on Benjamin Crump. Uh, uh, for you guys who may not be aware, he uh, has, as Cheryl pointed out, filed a lawsuit on behalf of a user. Uh, one, as far as I'm aware at this point, just one single user of uh, chemical hair straightening products. And, and so, and, and the folks that are listed uh, in what he has stated are huge. You're talking about gigantic conglomerates, okay? Uh, gigantic, literally, like top, top, top folks here, and quite a few of them. Um, so my thing, Cheryl, I just wanted to, to definitely ask you on this because, uh, and it sounded like you were saying that there might be responsibility on both sides, but, you know, whether it is the manufacturers and or the consumers. And so, uh, so well, this whole thing about, yeah, go ahead, Cheryl. You, but you, you have to consider that beauty perfume and cosmetic industry is not heavily regu regulated because these effects are temporary, mm. number one. Mm. FDA does have warnings on um, certain cosmetics, but relaxers right. are not one of them for that very mm. reason. The effects mm. are temporary. Mm -hmm. There, had, wow. there, there are some FDA warnings against EV treatments, but ironically, the FDA warning happens to not ironically go with the research findings 
that are not linked to cancer or becomes carcinogenic. And why would that be? Why would the FDA not have a warning against them? But then research finds that the ones that they do have a warning for don't have health care implications. Now, that's not logical. No, I don't quite get that. That is my problem. The FDA has warning against certain hair color dyes, alpha hydroxy, chemical skin peels, and other things that within the beauty industry. But why, when it comes to real expert, I mean, real research, none of those warnings are included in risk factors, health risk factors. That is, to me, not logical. And that means that there are certain, either two things can are happening. You don't want or want to encourage the Y2K natural hair care industry to return to a straight hair or relaxer mm. trend, or you are trying to uh, 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 tell us that all of a sudden you're concerned with black women's uteruses. What are you trying to, you know, because at the end of the day, I am a, right. a critic, I'm looking at this critically, and I'm not vilifying them for the research in and of itself. What I am saying is I know you don't have enough beauty, Afro hair, textured intelligence to make any conclu- uh, 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 conclusion which you don't anyway because most of these studies are inconclusive. But I don't like the, 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 um, the media it gets in, in, in what the implications could be on an economic level in terms of exactly. what the influence would be in the, the economic uh, backlash on, uh, on hair styluses and cosmetology's bottom line. That's my problem. Mm. Well, first, I have to say, uh, this is really huge. And uh, we have, we may not really get the full impact of this, uh, economically speaking, for a while. But I'm worried about short term also. Let's talk about the consumers, and then we'll work it back to the litigation and, and where everything is on that. But, well, yeah, even that. Uh, what should consumers do, in your opinion, Cheryl Morrow? What should uh, um, chemical treatment customers do right now, uh, if you will? What? Well, what well, well, for, well, first of all, they should demand that cosmetology um, not just teach um, culturalness, cultural hairstyling, for instance, the focus on protective hairstyles in terms of policy right. to me is a minor because if we change the focus to cultural hairstyling following, uh, falling under the First Amendment, which is cultural expression, then right. we are talking about textured hair being protective under the First amendment in the U.S. Constitution, not telling them that we've created 
some subgroup that is illogical called a protective hairstyle, and then we want that to have protections within the private sector to where people can't have dress codes if they want to. Well, then that's not the issue. So demanding we have real Afro-textured Afro-cosmetology, then it will be taught correctly, and then we won't have, as I say, real goofy policy based on things that right. really are not logical. It's been getting into the yeah, but they're just getting into a lot of the training for the cosmetologists and the state boards uh, educating these uh, cosmetology students on Afrotextures. Uh, I've just seen with, and it's just, it's not even a whole bunch of states yet. So, um, you know, where it's just being incorporated. And so I'm, I'm well, like, oh my goodness, yeah, this is just going to throw everything, to me it's just like you just, it's just come to a head and it's just time to, to one, have the consumers be educated to the point where they at least know that cosmetology boards are only including Afrotextures in what we call a practical manner, which means that as long as we train a European on how to do something, then that's education. No, understanding mm. things work, how chemicals work, the chemistry of black hair care, the chemistry of individuals who have Afro-textured hair, the whole spectrum in terms of science and understanding and in chemistry and understanding in culture, then the cultural it, it is important. But that is not dealing with textured hair care just because you do it on a social or practical manner. Or just learn how to do it. It's not technical. This, the problems that we are talking about now are chemical, chemistry, and scientific in nature. Right. And because we want to separate Afro-textures out, they avoid this, and this is things that happen like the, 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 the studies, the random studies, the junk research, and the fake news, because we won't scientifically deal with it. We just want to say everybody's the same, oh, here is the standard. And that is, is coming you know, home to roost because now we don't have enough intel. But the intel is there, we're just ignored it. And mm. when the after hair movement of the 1960s tried to infiltrate cosmetology. Cosmetology said no. Then the black hair, then the black barber industry is the one that embraced it. So therefore, we don't have as many scientific problems within barbering because barbering dealt right. with black ingrown hairs in a very scientific way, as we see in the um, history of the military. They dealt with that. But cosmetology seems to only want to deal with the practical matters of textured hair care, and this is why we have the problems that we have. Well, I have to say, I'm thinking about this, and let me just go back a little bit because I have a question for you, Cheryl. First, if you guys are just tuning in, let me just catch everybody up. 
You're listening to the All New Hair Radio Morning Show. I'm Carrie Hines. And today our guest, who is really joining us uh, after quite a while, quite a bit, we're so honored to have Cheryl Morrow. As you guys know, I've always called her hair royalty, and that she is, um, and has always made a big difference here in coming to the show and uh, putting things in, shaping our perspective, um, you know, uh, instead of us just taking, you know, just face value at things, kind of peeling back the layers and giving a real good understanding of, of a lot of this and, like I said, helping us to make sense of this. Now, so we're talking about the chemical straighteners. We're talking about the impact on uh, throughout everything. Like, to me, this is huge. And if you are starting with... Uh, you know, that's just one lawsuit, uh, and I'm sure that folks are doing all kind of, what is that, the class action this, they'll be doing all of that, and I don't know, can these companies survive that, uh, that kind of, you know, uh, picking apart, if you will, because this is ginormous, um, and folks will be able to maybe, you know, bless you there, uh, but folks will be able to really make the case that this is, you know, uh, you know, something that uh, they've been affected by. So um, can these companies survive? I, Cheryl, let me ask you that question. Will it matter well, to some of them? Because they're so, they're so rich. Well, it's not a matter of if they'll survive. The matter is, is will the trends survive mm. that they have a life cycle like all trends mm. do? But for mm. you, but for researchers on the outside with their low level of information are going to stop the natural life cycle of trends. And so companies that are ready to deliver and to fulfill the trend, well, they have been castra uh, castrated from it because of junk mm. research. And so it's not a matter if the companies can survive. It's a matter of can the trends survive to have a natural life cycle of how generation and trends come back and forth and, and, and to and fro. We all go mm. to curly, to wavy, and then back and forth, weaving, no mm. weaving. Braids, no braids. Afro, no afro. Straight hair, no straight hair. The natural every day of how cosmetic and beauty trends and fashion trends and all of this. So when the, the, the fashion trend of not wearing denim and then everybody's doing something else and then when it comes back, but now it can't come back because of someone said there's something wrong with cotton. And the cotton and those particular studies are inconclusive. But then so you have created a, a, uh, a malfunction in the natural trends of how people gravitate to vintage style and, and retro style and then things come back and then, well, why are you doing that to just relax her? And see, and I understand business very well. I understand that the implications of what is going on in the back end, because at the end of the day, everybody loves money. No more than, I mean, white folks love money than more than anybody. So what would be their motive to do that? Yeah. 
That's a good question. And I have to look at that. And and, and so that is my main concern. I know that it's going to have enormous bottom line uh, uh, implications. Absolutely. And so that is one of the things that I am trying to at least not say that research does not have, research belongs in every industry, the computer industry, telecommunications, the medical, you know, the transportation industry, the tourist industry, the food industry, the music industry. It, it has a natural uh, a progression. But yes. I, hair care is not afforded that. That's True. number one. But sure, okay. To play devil's advocate. When you talk mm-hmm. about the NIH, super, superbly respected outfit. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and they're the ones who kind of really put this out there. Uh, you know, so it sounds like perhaps it could have been done differently. Uh, but let me ask you this. Was it needed to address this at all? Was there a need to address this? Is my question yes, to you because yes, uh, yes. I really like. If no. it, right, but if it needed to be addressed, it would have been addressed via through a regulatory institution, mm-hmm. the FDA. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. is getting front and center news from? these off-centered research uh, institutions is very bizarre to me. Mm. Now, you know, let's just say, for instance, we lived through uh, the last couple of years of a medical uh, pandemic, a health pandemic, okay? And one of the things that, that on the federal level, and state level they were dealing with is to convince African descending people to trust the government in dealing with it in terms of creating prevention such as a vaccine, right? And so my point is, is that that also dovetails into random concern about me relaxing. Wow. And since I, you and since you have very low infantile, borderline moronic information and you know it, I still okay. how do you really feel about it, Cheryl? <laughs> yeah, I think it's odd. And I I I I do also realize that the timing because there has been there's 22 years on the Y2K natural movement, right? And that movement has been led by also the lowest informed generation dealing with black hair care and cosmetology. Oh. And so now, when, you have, yes, when you have that when you have that generation, because we're almost we got three more years in it. 25 years, a full generation, right? True, true. So we're three more years left in the in the Y2K generation, a natural hair movement. And because these two now, and when they meet 
research like this because I tell people all the time, the Y2K natural hair movement, the difference between the 1960s, their parents, is that one was Afro-motivated. Y2K okay. is chemical-motivated. They're not pro-natural. Mm. If that was the case, mm. it would not seem to get a curl pattern that is not native to the texture itself. But that's a whole other subject. But I will that say, yeah. that, but what I will say is, is that when you have though these two entities, the junk research and the fake news, and the and then you have and it's meeting and joining a generation that has very low knowledge. It is not a good combination as to serve to reef uh, 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 infra, infrastructure black hair care in terms of our ownership, our influence, and in uh, um, gaining profits and growing it. It, it. Those two forces that I just mentioned, they're just not conducive enough. They are not up to standards. They're not up to par and up to tax. What they're going to most likely do is just ruin a 100-year um, progression mm. of competitive markets within black hair care. And that's just very, um, uh, uh, that's concerning to me. And I just don't, as an heiress of a, uh, a, a black hair care legacy that has expanded beyond five to ten to seven, eight families, the Bronners, the, the, the Gardners, the Johnsons, you know, the, the Lusters and the, the you know, and, and the, the Cottrells and and all of this rich, I mean, black hair care gave us literally soul train. So there, this is a lot. Black hair care is uh, uh, is woven and at the pillar and foundation of the economics of, of of black America as it spans into the international markets. That is my concern. Wow. Cheryl, I got to ask you this, though. What do you say to folks out there who are looking at this uh, on the natural hair side and saying, see, we told you? What would you say? And see, that I would say that allows us to understand that you do not know your history. Mm. And see, history is not important just because, or it's not, it's not about to found, find out what happened. History to, is important because it's a connector of what was to what is. And what will that's be. important connector because it allows you to not redo something that's already been done, and it allows you to see something that does need to be done or improved or expanded upon, and to go from there, to not start over. The reason why history missed the Y2K, because the Crown Act came out of Y2K. Oh, yes. But if, if they would have known that they did not need to do that, they did not need a statutory, an additional statutory Crown Act. Because the U.S. military had already, the most powerful military on the most the largest employer, the largest industrial complex on the planet had already given you that particular research. But because history 
we misunderstand history. History serves as a connector. So the Y2K don't know their parents already did it. And then, of course, of the, the, the white population don't know their parents also did it. Then everybody starts from zero every time we need to improve something. And that's why history is important. But they will say, oh, I told you, but here's the thing. Exactly. They will say that, but they will be saying it with no sound logic. And the point is that facts always ends the argument. It's more dependable than mm. opinion. Mm. More, more from Cheryl Morrow. My goodness. Okay. <laughs> I love that what you just said. Yes, back it's in the argument. Wow. It, it silences this. So, and so facts will always end the argument, and that is where mm. we're trying to, you know, Afro textures to be scholastically respected, scientifically respected. Mm. And to be included wow. in the, 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 the national and state programs into their curriculums so we can stop being uh, uh, dumbified by, you know, whole, you know, we, we were just practically yeah. tra trading trends. Because if you look at the, if you look at European hair care, European right. hair styling of the 17th and 18th century, it looks like African hair braiding. We've always mm, yeah. we always did each other's cultures. We that was not that's that's nothing new. What is new is for you as a national and state level to recognize that Afro textures is a dominant prototype. It's genetically different, and that we have to approach it like that. And so that will get oh, rid of it. And if they want to do a study, at least let the study be based on that and scientific aspect of architecture and not just ignorance that it all is saying, because it's not. Obviously, it's not. Since you wanted to come out and get a, uh, 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 and say black women are four times, and even that, that type of kind of um, statements in a study have not taken into consideration all, all, Chemical treatments within the salon, relaxers are the only ones that stay on five to seven to ten minutes. All of the other mm. chemical hair treatments stay on for 25 to 45 minutes. So if, if there is a health risk, time exposure becomes a factor. So why didn't they consider that, yeah, they may get them four. Let's just say for all, if, 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 if since they want to use four times or more a year. Well, at the end right. of the day, four times even a year does not even equate to 45 minutes of the time exposure. That's true. And if you get, your, yeah. you get your hair bleached, Go ahead. No. your roots yeah. bleached, well, that is 30 to 45, that's about 30 minutes and then you get the hair color and then you get the toner. So you're exposed to hair color 30 minutes per sitting. So that's four that's about three and a half hours compared to under forty five minutes compared to a relaxer. So you're not even taking that into consideration. And then in your study you went more sinister. You said bleach 
and hair color and permanent waving hat. Yeah. Okay. See, that to me exactly. is capital conversation. And see, and to me, that only makes me draw one conclusion: that you, you're you're real. You're coming after the the economics and the bottom line. I, you know what, Cheryl? I have to say, my eyes opened up on that part of the uh, what was reported by the news as well on that with regards to the die and the others that you know just uh, they made it very clear that everything else was okay. Well, well, think about it. If that is their argument, and if that's their 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 premise, well then what are you saying? The California curl and the cold wave cream technology that took the hair through uh, two processes, we put the cream cold wave on, straightened the hair, and then reapplied it as we got it on the rods, right? And then uh-huh. we rinsed it and neutralized it again. You know, so so what are you saying? Do the... The, the 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 twenty years that black people did their own version of permanent waving, you know, oh that was healthy. And the and the really asinine kind of approach is that that chemical is a penetrator. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Now, see, so, Charles, that, this is, this is multi-layered. It, it's most, and I hate to say multi-layered. That sounds so, uh, you know, unintended. But it is. It's so. It's so. I'm like I'm blown away here, and um, and this is just the very first real discussion on this. This is gonna go. You know, they've just been putting this out in the last news cycle, uh, in this current news cycle, I should say. So this is really, really just getting legs to it. And uh, the lawsuits are going to be flying every which direction, uh, confuse consumers, confuse stylists for that much. Uh, You know, uh, you've got all the different, uh, you know, different areas within the spectrum of hair. Uh, folks, you know, so this is just the beginning of this conversation. But Cheryl Morrow, my very special guest today, uh, literally, literally uh, one of the top educators, in my opinion, it's the first thing that comes to my mind when it comes to Cheryl. You are always bringing it with the knowledge. You teach so many, and I'm raising my hand along with everybody else here. Uh, so we love you. We think the world of you. You're just doing some incredible work to main, to keeping this legacy of Dr. Willie Morrow's going strongly, and you are doing just that. So, Cheryl, i got to ask you, so hold it. What's next for you? What's next? And when are you coming back to the East Coast? We miss you out oh my, here. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, 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 I am, I'm going to bring some some sunshine and some California you, never you rain. You really need to bring it today. Yeah, bring it on out here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bring it to you. Well, you know, what's, what, 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 is, um, what is next is, is of course, just bringing uh, the, 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 the Afrofuturism, and I, as I call it, both futurism. 
and, and creating these new spaces and these new perspectives. And it seems to me that it looks like I'm going to have to, you know, approach and put out this fire uh, 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 first. And maybe, you know, uh, the universe just has me going in this direction um, to try to bring and elevate uh, Afrotextures to a, um, a scientific zenith so to speak, and to bring in uh, this, this Afrofuturism uh, kind of perspective when it comes to uh, Afrotextured uh, cosmetology, and to take the, 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 the world forward and to, um, um, to, to take the spook out of it, to take the mystery out of it, and to, to, to put it in a very fun, uh, romantic kind of jewel factor. Black hair care is fun. And it's not very difficult, and it's not all this, you know, other craziness that we um, think it is. And so, just just probably approaching, um, you know, hopefully my legacy will be to get back uh, black and textured hair care back on a, um, a a trend and on a uh, a trend, you know, a, a, a mode of where it is. Um, Respected and, 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 and scientifically um, respected, and and ha- and allow all races of people to enjoy it, and to um, wow. you know to be able to partake in it in a way that they can respect it and learn and to utilize and how to you know make it beautiful, but to take some of the stigmas and the misinformation and the miseducation. And it looks wow, like that is my uh, initial meeting. But to also, I've got some great, unique stuff coming. got a fashion line coming and um, what? Um, a whole beauty supply uh, model. Oh, um, wow. it, it, it's some great, fun stuff. I, 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 and, you know, um, I wish I had Mr. Morrow with me uh, because I, he made... The, the, I mean, I have about 50 binders of chemical formulations that he hasn't even done. And so it's going to be wow. a boom, uh, hopefully, to get some. And I think the first thing is for all of us to get, I think we need a new association. I think we need a new representation. Oh, wow. That, that can um, lobby on our behalf. Um, yeah. And so thinking of... of um, Forming a, a network that can uh, be just as powerful as the cosmic, uh, as the fashion industry. Fashion industry is very tight. They take care of their own, you know, and we need they to do, do the same. Exactly. And we've been on that path, you know that, for decades. We literally have. <laughs> With Cheryl Morrow, the Morrows, and all of these folks. Um, but Cheryl, I just got to say, uh, you, like, you bring it here. And uh, you're already doing great things and amazing things, and you've built an incredible mm-hmm. legacy of your own. And so we're just so honored, you know. And you're we're you're home here, East Coast and around the world through the Hair Radio Morning Show. You are part of our big family here. So on that note, Cheryl, now anybody you want to shout out to Cheryl? Any last shout outs? Anything like that? Oh man, just 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 shout out. Uh, um my wonderful Cleveland 
Ohio team. Uh, come, um, Ladosha White out of Cleveland, Ohio. She's coming out with okay. uh, a film that I helped her with called The Narrative, um, mm. which is based on the, the life of Mr. Morrow and dealing with oh, the very wow. It's called wow. The Narrative. It's coming out on uh, November 11th. And so it's going to be uh, screened in uh, all over the all over the country. Wow. Well, we look forward to that and so much more. There's a lot on the way, and, and you so gotta, we just you have. Yeah, you listen, all you make you can make all the connections happen. You've been doing it for decades here, <laughs> and she really has, folks. Uh, we go way back, so I'm going to leave it at that. Cheryl, you are the best. So listen, uh, just keep doing what you're doing and keep us informed. Okay, I, I will. That. All right, thank you so much. Cheryl Morgan, thank you for being with us. All right, folks, we've got more to get to this morning. Stay with us.